Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I wanted to know, what's your routine when you go to the cinema? Routine when I go to the cinema is actually very, very specific. Uh, unfortunately, I've stopped actually buying any of the popcorn and the food in the cinema. What do you do? You wear? Do you wear a suit, or you don't wear a suit or anything? No, I don't wear a suit. My clothing, I guess, my clothing is just very casual, and you know, maybe a pair of jogger bottoms, something like, like that. Will you do your hair and make yourself smell nice? Um, no, it hasn't got a premiere vibe. It's more like crawling into the womb, you know, just relax, just totally chill out and just click out of reality. So a pair of jogger bottoms and a Star Wars t-shirt and gold. Oh, trainers. right. Yeah, that, it's, it's almost like pajamas. I've got a Star Wars t-shirt on now. There you go. That's, that's what I'll be wearing. And then I always bring my food in with, uh, I have a satchel inside it is an Asda plastic bag filled with treats that yeah. I can rustle through like a badger's just found a bin in a local neighborhood street. So I'll put my nose in there and just scoff away, have a sugar so, high. So you take a bag in there with you with treats? Oh, yes, a bag, an Asda bag full of treats, <laughs> type of thing. And I sort of rustle around that bag through the film. How much and, is um, in there? How much is in there? Quite a lot, actually. I don't get through it all. Do you have to hide that bag in your jacket? Yes, I do. Yeah, I either... Um, I roll think you mentioned up. this on the po- podcast before. I think I may have. I kind of roll it up and put it in the elastics on my jogger bottoms over my jacket. Or if I'm more organised, I've got my gym bag and I put it in my Puma gym bag and just put it over my shoulder. So like you're smuggling. I guess so. And it makes the food even more tastier, I suppose, if you smuggled it so through. what's in that bag? A lot of stuff. It's almost like a sort of a fun bag of treats, which there's loads left over from previous ones. <laughs> And um, so you've got like, um, I do like rice cakes. Not not really. Um, but With the chocolate pro- on top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not. I'm God, not I sat there you eating make like a fucking racket. In the I know. Yeah, I was watching Elvis last night, and I was making way too much noise over some caramel rice cakes. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Russell, How many Russell, do you Russell. Eat? How do you eat? Oh, I had twelve last night. I know, way too many. With other sweeties. Oh, yes, definitely. And then some um, Asda popcorn. And I had some orange chocolate popcorn last night as well. Uh. I know. it was. I sort of got used to it as I went along. That's the thing with popcorn. It's very Moorish, isn't it? You just get into a zone with it. You find a what, flow. What if it's a really busy cinema and you have to pull out this plastic bag? Do people not 
look at what you're doing. I wait for action sequences when it's very loud. That can kind of like muffle the acoustics and then I get involved, but it's quite frustrating. It's like, well, I can't eat during this dialogue scene, but I better listen to the dialogue because I need to focus on the plot. And then I think to myself, Dave, why are you here for the food or for the plot? Yeah. You're just trying to get for the dialogue so you can get to an action scene where someone's being murdered so you can just open your rice cakes. You sort of lose your motivation. You're a film fan or a food fan. This you know, be what? a rice cake review podcast. I know. There's not many flavors, though, unfortunately. It's quite limited, which is bad because um, I've got a lot of time for it. Do you get a drink? Yes, I always get one of those because I'm a Cineworld member and I always get one of those massive tango explosions. <laughs> and um, they're like about the size of my head. They're massive. But they um, they turn into ice very quickly. It's like they're very nice at the beginning. There's like blueberry at the beginning, then you've got raspberry, and then you've got an orange, which I imagine. Honestly, you sound like an eight-year-old. <laughs> I know. Well, that is literally what it's like. Is it? It's about regressing into that. It's about. I think my whole interest in cinema is just about trying to recreate childlike experiences. Yeah. I, I, I've tried to surround it by adult pretentiousness by learning the name of French directors yeah. and <laughs> really? jump cutties and stuff like that. <laughs> But in actual fact, it is just chasing that kind of dragon, that child. Yeah, yeah. When I would go to like the, um, I don't know, the Odeon in Cosham or in Brighton where I was living at the time, watching Abyss or, yeah. you know, whatever Sylvester Stallone, you know, kind Fucking of acting movie. But, um, and also, it gets out of control, doesn't it? Because when I was 10, I would just turn out of a simple box of popcorn. But now you're trying to chase this kind of un ungrabbable nostalgia. It's a massive bag full of sugar. I can't really understand how to open a lot of it in the dark. Why are you a fat bastard? Oh, it's because... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, when you think of it, rice cakes aren't that fattening, are they? No, but you'll sound like they're smothered in sugar. I guess so. I think even those caramel ones... Do you know what? I'd probably die of um, some disease from sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, because I think that's what is on those rice cakes. That's what's going to kill me. Oh, really? Okay, well, let's... <laughs> there you go. On that, uh, that's the third act of that. Uh, that's, the, that's the character arc at the end. Sweetener's got him. David Edwards Movie News. So, have you got any movie news this week? Yeah, I tell you, some good movie news. Um, one that I, I definitely forecast this in my head. I didn't say it to anyone. You know, you sort of have bored moments. But Cameron Diaz has been retired for a long, long time. Has she? And Yes, yeah, she has about eight years. Oh. And I always knew she was going to come back. And did demand... she publicly say, oh, that's yeah, it, Yeah, absolutely, out. that's it. She did Annie. And oh. um, that was the last film she did. And she was saying that she pressed pause for a second to look at her um, her life and she started noticing that everyone in her camp, all the people around her, her entourage, were taking just a bit too much money. And um, she suddenly realized that she was out of, of, of enormous amount of pocket, like a million, because everyone was taking 10 grand there, 20 grand there, things like that. And she started to realize that she was just completely out of control of her life. And um, started realizing that the films had like, taken her away from being a good mother and stuff like that. She did loads of articles on it. But um, she's been around, out for eight years, and now Netflix have got her back for a massive uh, salary. I think it's Jamie Foxx she's doing the film with, and that was announced this week. 
and um because she's still been in the media doing like um uh ecosystem uh, ozone you know good to the planet kind of documentaries and articles so she still had a media face but you knew she was going to do another film right I here's something even more interesting though francis ford coppola has always wanted to make a, a dream project called megalopolis which was about a um, architect who wants to make a mini city in the center of New York and a utopian city in the center of New York. No one's ever been interested in making it. It's supposed to be like his next godfather. So he's been playing around with this since like the early 90s. How old is years. he? He's early 80s now, Francis Ford Coppola. Okay, I know, really old. So he's deciding now to finance the whole thing, $100 million. So it's like his swan song movie. And it's revealed that in actual fact, he hasn't made all his millions or hundreds of millions from films. It's from wine. He took his like money from Apocalypse Now, put it into vineyards. And he's, he's made hundreds of, I don't think he's a billionaire, but hundreds of millions into wine. And he started to cast it now and he's financing the whole film. So it's got a Marvel film budget. And um, wow, I know and he's going to start filming this summer. Oscar Isaac's in it. Kate Blanchett could potentially be in it. Uh, Christian Bale has been interviewed for it, apparently. What's it called? Megalopolis? Yeah, Megalopolis. And it's about an architect with this, like, uh, dream of creating this utopian city in the middle of New York. And and then it's all about the backstabbing around it and all the politics around it, ultimately. Uh, the 83-year-old self-funded $100 million gamble. Massive. And it's all wine money. It's all these vineyards he owns. It's not even film. What is interesting about a lot of these big, big film figures is a lot of them were millionaires before they became famous. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger was a millionaire before Terminator because he was a significant landlord in L.A. Was he? he? Took all his, yeah, he took all his money that he won from um, being a bodybuilder and put it into these very kind of like working class kind of like um, flat complexes around L.A. And um, he was you know, a low-grade millionaire. He wasn't a multi-millionaire. But he was very comfortable beforehand. Who he else? A lot of them like that. Well, Harrison Ford. What? Yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford. He wasn't a millionaire, but he was doing very, very well. He was probably on like a lawyer's, you know, a high-end lawyer's salary. He was on five hundred, six hundred, you know, thousand um, dollars that type of salary, uh, being a, a carpenter for the star. And he had a very comfortable kind of existence. And he said before, you know, he'd go to auditions still, but through being an actor, he got to know all these people. And, um, you know, they were paying him good, good money. And it wouldn't have been the end of the world. You know, he wouldn't have been a multi-millionaire, but very, you know, comfortable existence. And um, a biography I read, uh, you know, they showed his house before he was Han Solo. And it wasn't like, you know, he didn't need security guards, but we would have been very happy with it. I think the thing is they have that entrepreneur spirit, don't they? If they weren't given that big break, I think they would still be making money in some way. They've got that kind of, you know, that capitalist fever. <laughs> I don't know what I came up with that. That's going to be the name of my new pop band. Capitalist <laughs> fever. I don't know what that what, is. What would be their first song? Oh, God. It's, uh, oh, the smell of those dollars. Hollers, hollers. <laughs> So that's a terrible one, isn't it? Or Chiching, something like that. I don't know. How does Chiching go? Chiching, pennies in heaven. Chiching, <laughs> swallow those dollar bills, something like that. Chiching, 
Pennies in heaven. Pennies in heaven. Yeah, we love you, David. Oh, we God, love thank you, God. Dave. That's what we want. Thank you very much. Don't get out of control. Don't stop pushing at the front row so much. I don't want any anyone to get hurt, but thank you for your admiration. Do you mind if I sing that again to you? Oh, let's go for it. Let's get it on a loop. Ching. And that could be the, the the front of the album just swallowing do- dollar bills. Yeah. And then the back of the Fucking album hell, because being a, sick. I'm in a hotel here, this is really <laughs> <laughs> That's what hotels are for, isn't it? Capitalist yeah. fever. Getting involved, just enjoying yourself. David Edwards movie review. So, last episode, we did the random film generator. Yes. And it landed on... Mercury Rising. Ah, Bruce Willis. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, I love this, David. Did you go away and watch it? I certainly did, yeah. Let's hear from you. Yeah, it's got to be said, really, (laughs) that that is not good. Isn't it? It's really... I mean, you know, I think it's always good to have a positive element. There was a, there's an impressive opening shot of a helicopter the last five seconds. I was like, oh, that's, that's well done. It sort of like goes over the forest and suddenly appears over a city. Bruce Willis is very charismatic because he's basically a, a cop that's got to protect a young autistic child that's work, worked out um, a code that would allow him to break into a high security system that the government are now um, in, involved with. And the government's solution to this problem is just to hunt down the kid and try and murder him, shoot him, which seems a bit extreme. And also, if this young kid can work out the code, surely other people are going to be able to as well. So there's going to be other young children or other people with this sort of um, ability of codes and puzzles that you're going to have to hunt down as well. Maybe just change your system. So there's like a there's an inherent logic problem. And I'm not the sharpest tool in the box when it comes to plot. So if I'm scratching my head thinking this doesn't work... You know, and um, not enough action as well. Okay, math plot, but I'm sat there thinking, well, I'm going to at least get see Bruce, you know, um, do GBH and a lot of members of the public type of thing with some fancy cinematography. And there's one bit where um, uh, he's being chased in a, in a train. I think, oh, well, here we go. Okay, this will be interesting. And Bruce kind of chucks him off the train after five seconds. And I think, well, that's that done. That's the end of that is one. This, this is post Die Hard. Post Die Hard, and interestingly, two years just before Sixth Sense, and it's a very similar narrative. Well, in some ways, it's not similar because it's not horror-based, but it's very much about protecting this young uh, child who has these um, mental issues. And the young child, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it must be incredibly stressful being a young child actor, but the performance is very poor. He's like a robot, like a drugged zombie. I've never seen you like this before. I know it's terrible, isn't it? But I think it really is. Was it a big flop at the time? Yes, it was a big flop at the time. You can see what I'm... One thing I would say is Bruce Willis is still very charismatic. Let's have a listen to a bit now. Come on. Come on. Concordia. 
Get an ambulance over here. Have some badges waiting for us when we get there. For what? I want this kid protected. How am I gonna justify the overtime? Since when you worry about overtime, Jack? The coroner says murder-suicide. They can go. Anybody asks about the overtime, put it on Lomax's gold card. Okay, so any parts of it you enjoyed that you recommend, or would you say stay well clear of this? I would stay completely. If you're a big Bruce Willis fan, you know, he still kind of delivers. There's like these very long shots where he gets out of police cars during crime scenes and he wanders past other policemen and always undoes his shirt and puts chewing gum in his mouth. And he does it in a very overly charismatic manner. And there are times where I think, well, I guess that's what a movie star is, you know. And um, he gets angry with his boss a lot of the time. And um, yeah, it's a good hour and 50 minutes. It went on for quite a At while. At what point were you like, ah, this is a turkey? I would definitely have said um, when he has an argument. When he has an argument with his police off, uh, police chief, that's like a scene out of Simpsons action movie parody. Jeremy, you know I mean? literally. How, how far into the movie was that? That was about, um, I would say, eight minutes in. <laughs> oh, uh, even before that, a bank robbery, which he's trying to stop. What the police do, they mess it up, mess the situation up. So Bruce starts shouting to the policeman above him and he just thumps him several times in the face. You know, your own boss. I just say, well, this is just ridiculous, isn't it? This isn't based in reality at all. And as I say, when the child is then introduced, um, just, oh, the acting is just appalling. You, you stop thinking about the plot. You start thinking, how was the kid auditioned? Surely they think it was okay to go with this, but maybe they filmed too oh, you're much. you're really laying into the kid, eh? I know it's terrible, which is bad. I mean, I'm 44. I still couldn't pull off that role. I think he's done a better job than me. And he was in Kindergarten Cop, that kid. He was one of the kids in Kindergarten Cop, and he, he was good in that. Right. So Who's the director, the director The director is the guy who did um, Taps with Tom Cruise. You know that military film with Tom Cruise back in the day? That rings about. So he's done a few bits um, before. Um uh, and Malice, which was another um, Alec Baldwin thriller. So he's never had a big hit, but he's, um, you know, a competent Hollywood director that, that made a lot of stuff in the 80s and 90s. Harold Becker. That's it. That's the man. Harold Becker, uh, Mercury Rising, Sea of Love. Oh, God, I remember that with Pacino. Yeah, they're, they're films that never became sort of massive breakout hits, but they were big, you know, releases at the time type of thing, you know. Yeah. City Hall. Yes, that was with John Travolta. He made a few with John Travolta. And he did Madonna music videos. Yes, he did. That's where he started. Like David Fincher did a lot of Madonna music. God, his last film was shit. It what was that? Like, it looks like Mercury Rising might have been the death of him. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he did very poorly in the cinema. It's 1998. Yes. When was Sixth Sense then? I think Sixth Sense was um, after that, wasn't it? I'm, I'm pretty sure Sixth Sense was released after that. So Sixth Sense, I think, was 99 or very late 98. 
Uh, bloody hell, I wonder if he's um, popped his clogs. No, he's still about. <gasps> he's 93! 93 and still living the dream. The thing is, a lot of them uh, go on to be producers, don't they? Or they um, exist uh, in development realm, whereby they help develop projects, or perhaps he opens his own production company, something in that vein. He, um... He did have, definitely had a run of films. Black Marble, Taps, Vision Quest, The Big Town, Sea of Love, Malice, City Hall, Mercury Rising. And, and uh, Malice, I remember it being big in that whole kind of video culture of the 90s. Malice. He did quite a bit with John Travolta and Alec Baldwin. Right. Alec Baldwin is the villain in Mercury Rising. He's the guy in the government who wants to kill the child because he's worked out how to break the code. Right. Because what they do is with the code... They put a code into a puzzle book, and if you solve this particularly hard puzzle, you need, then need to ring up a number. You think you're going to win a competition, but you're really ringing up the FBI to say that you've done a puzzle, and unknowingly, that puzzle, um, you know, book uh, uh, buyer has basically broken into, you know, has basically got the code that could break into one of the biggest security systems in the FBI's vault. But then you think to yourself, God, well, every time you get a call, well, it's an easy idea for a sequel, isn't it? Someone else rings the number, you've got to go and kill them. <laughs> so maybe get yourself a different security system. And you think, I have all the script. I mean, don't get me wrong, filmmaking very, very hard. But you think, I have all the script meetings. I ain't got a PhD from Cambridge. Yeah. But I'm sitting there finding it's holes I in this. I haven't, not I ain't. I, yeah, I have it quite right. Hence, I've got a PhD. Do you know what I mean? Just yet more okay. evidence. So, I'm um, quite urban there. I ain't got that, mate. So, out Other. of five chock ices, what are you going to give Mercury Rising this week? I have to give it just the one for Bruce. I think Bruce turns up. I think it's pretty bad. It's very, very paint-by-numbers. And think this is Sesame ice. Street numbers. One chock ice. It, it ain't great. You've done it again. I, ain't, I, I, I don't it, know how to do that. I'm sort of going for an East End twang, a kind of like Londoner vibe. It's very strange, isn't it? Sort of a modern Oliver Twist. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
trying to, I don't know, trying to empathise things with some sort of cockney anger. <laughs> it ain't great. <laughs> it ain't great. Yeah, it's bizarre. One chunk of ice. Just that, that's it. You can't have the pack. They're going back in the fridge. You haven't worked hard enough. Right. Have you wow. made a film, Dave? No, it doesn't matter, though. You can't you don't have one chunk of ice. Oh, I'll tell you another time. But, um, oh, no, tell me. No, 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 I won't. No, I won't. No, what you going to say? Was it interesting? Go for but, it. Well, we had a screening um, two oh, yes. nights ago. And um, we had to do, like, an intro to the the room, the cinema, the cinema oh, goers. Then we left. Me and Jim left to get something to eat, and they watched the film. We came back for the Q&A at the end. We walked into the credits. We sort of stood at the back of the room. A couple of people sort of got up to leave. One German got up and just went, It's my day, I'm my day, I'm my day. I went, oh, sorry? It's my day, I'm my day. I can't do German, but... No, I'm getting the vibe, though. It's quite in the atmos. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you mean. It's like, like intense energy yeah. coming your way. I was like, oh, sorry. I don't... I don't mind that. And then the ladies sort of looking after us went up to him, like, it's in there, the conversation in German. He fucking hated the film. Oh, my God. And the reason being was because of the slang language we were using. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know if he's, because Charles says things like Yumsville. And, and why did he like that? He was really annoyed. And this lady said, have, have you ever made any films before? No, you don't. Well, then what you've just done right there is really disrespectful. Now, fuck off out of the cinema. And fine James. bizarre. Was he a film critic then? No, some... <laughs> but I was like, oh, oh okay. I'm oh, sorry, I've got to go and... <laughs> we'll refilm it. Don't worry, we'll re-edit it for you. Thanks for... Uh... That's bizarre. I... Do you know what? It was absolutely fine. I just thought, well, you're mad. Well, absolutely insane. How did he get in the festival? He must be... An part of the industry I mean, you don't wander into a film showing like that do you he hasn't come off the street i wouldn't imagine no. anyway that's my story so one chalk ice for mercury rising one chalk ice for that i feel like that man now i'm just yeah. a, 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 an english version of him just shouting about you know bruce but in my own uh, yeah. native tongue david edwards so what is your movie tip this week? I tell you, movie tip, very, very good. This this one's a documentary now, but it's still a film. They've got a cinema release. It's still an hour and a half movie. And uh, I thought it was very good, actually. It's an HBO film documentary. It's by Alex Winter, the guy who played... It's either Bill or Ted he played in, like, uh, Excellent Adventures or, you know, Bogus Journey, you know, the Bill and Ted things. And it's called Sh Showbiz Kids... And it looks at um, young people who came through the industry. And it's really interesting. Is it? Um, yeah, like Rachel Woods, who's now in Westworld. And a whole range of um, different people. Uh, the guy, um, Henry, I can't remember his surname, who played Elliot in E.T. Oh. And they're very um, negative experiences, really. Just growing up with a very adult pressure of being a kid star. Uh -huh. And how their parents dealt with it as well. Either, you know, spending all the money or being too frugal with the money. It's either one way or the other with the parents. They either just spend it all, there's nothing left. Or they think, God, we've got to be really careful with the money. Get as much as possible. And then, um, you know, and what, what, were the parents in the industry. Were the parents sort of guilty of pushing them into it? 
always seemed to be uh, seemed to be the way. I'd say ninety percent of it. It was parents. It was just so bizarre how all the parents followed the same stereotypical role. Uh, whereby they had failed in the industry themselves and they had uh. artistic dreams. I would say it was 90%. Or it was a case of someone at school had noted noticed their acting abilities as a child yeah. and then pushed them in um, to the industry. And then the parents saw it as an opportunity, but also found it too overwhelming because they were in no way connected to the creative industry. So right. there never seemed to be that balance. It either seems to be way, way too alien to the parents or the, the parents were way, way too hungry. It was really interesting. And also, um, alongside seeing people um, who are well-known actors now and talking about their experiences as a child actor, you also see young kid actors in L.A. today going for auditions and their parents. And they like... Oh, oh, how do you, you, you get hold of this? It's on Showbiz... It's called Showbiz Kids, and it's called Documania. Where did you find websites. it? Oh, Documania, okay. Um, Documania, but it's on the HBO website and stuff like that as well, but that would be a place to watch it. Oh. And um, you see like these, these, because what happens is once every year, uh, everyone flies to LA for pilot auditioning um, month. And they all, bizarrely, all these parents and their kids stay in the same apartment in LA. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because of costs or whatever, but that seems to be the, where the community flocks to. And they've come from different parts of, of the world, of, you know, America primarily and the world. Uh, so from Georgia, you know, Pennsylvania, all that. And um, just got this dream of turning their kid into a Disney brat. Right. So we're our middle boy. We're taking up for auditions for the new Osmonds musical. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Osmonds musical. What? What Osmond? What Osmond? Uh, when you say Osmond, what's that? Sorry. <laughs> Pardon? Completely lost. Yeah, the Osmonds. Uh, the, the um, and they were like, "Who were the Osmonds again?" Just to make it completely clear for me, I've got. Well, they're, they're a band. Well, well, they were brothers, weren't they? The, yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he's going to be in the musical. Well, we're taking up for we've just started taking him up for auditions. Yeah. God, blimey, that is exciting. No, not really. I just wanted to make. Thank. <laughs> There's me just saying the death march of my childhood. <laughs> it shows what a yes man Os I am. Oh, Os wonderful. Osmonds? What? Osmonds? 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 I'm going to have to clip that and just put it on a loop at the end of the episode. What a nightmare. All I could think of was the Osbournes. We were like, Ozzy Osbourne. I was like, how are they going to audition for that? I knew. Oh, God, oh, what a nightmare. Fucking hell. I couldn't quite. If you if you're driving seventy miles an hour and you've suddenly got to do a left turn, it was just like I didn't know where to take that conversation. It was just like, well, I yeah. basically said that you know you're child abuse, you're for kids. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was going. Like, oh, lovely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you never know. There's that one percent who do well, who enjoy the experience. <laughs> I'm sure your child will be that. You know, be part of the one percent camp. Okay, so the movie tip this week is. Um... Showbiz, Showbiz kids. kids, yeah, definitely worth watching. And where can you find that again? Documania is one website that has uploaded it, but um, there'll be other places to find it, definitely. Okay. And um, oh, definitely on like Amazon, you know, when you can, if you, you know, to, to rent it because it's, it's it's a film. Alex Winter director. He was also a kid actor before, um, you know, going on to be an adult actor, things like Bill and Ted. 
<coughs> well, thank you, David. Not a problem. David Edwards, Random Film Generator. Right, now we've come to the film, the Random Film Generator. And uh, this is where we pick three films randomly, and then you have to pick one of them. Perfect. Uh, to review next week. So yeah, let's we have go a for genre it. here. Yeah. So if you tell me when to stop the uh, cursor on the uh, cursor, yeah, on the uh, the genre of the first film. Stop now. Drama. Perfect. I think drama was a good one. Year. Stop. The nineteen fifties. Blimey. Well, that shows I'm not a cineast. As soon as it leaves the 80s, I'm lost. Okay, now tell me when to stop. Stop. Streetcar Named Desire. L interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I've never seen that one. Marlon Brando. That would be interesting. There you go. Streetcar Named Desire is the oh, yeah. first of the three films. And that's... I fucking love this part of this podcast. Right, now uh, pick another genre. Stop. Animation. Okay. And pick a uh, decade. 1970s. God, what would be out in the seven? I guess it'd be Disney, wouldn't it? It'd be something Disney-based. Pixar didn't exist then. Uh, That'd be a no man's land for me, I wouldn't stop. stop. Aristocats. God, never. It's always referenced in retro 70s films, Aristocats, isn't it? You always see yeah. them like... Um, this is fantastic. At the front of cinemas. I want to do this podcast every day. Right. Uh, this is unknown territory for me, both those films. Um, the final movie, uh, tell me when to stop on the genre. Stop. Action. Very nice. Feeling comfortable now. And tell me men fighting men. <laughs> tell me to stop. stop. 1950s. Well, that would be a cowboy film, wouldn't it, or something? Okay. Stop. And Oh, well, hang on. Tell me when to stop. Stop. War of the Worlds. Oh, wow. The 1950s War of the Worlds. Yeah. God, that'd be interesting. Tell me when to stop. Stop. War of the Worlds. What? 1950s War of the Worlds. That would be very interesting. <laughs> 1950s War of the Worlds. Is that definitely a film, or was that the Orson Welles, uh, Welles radio drama, or is that definitely a movie? Did they make a movie in the 50s? Well, what, it says 1953 War of the Worlds. No, the War of the Worlds 1953. The radio show must have been the 30s then. Directed by By Byron Haskin. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's good actually. No, I definitely look forward to checking that out. The original 50s one. So, because it's all based... Won, it won an Oscar. Did it really? Okay. Yeah. It won an Oscar for Best Effects, Special Effects. Oscar nominee for Best Sound, Film Editing. 1953, gosh. It's in colour, isn't it? I do remember it being yeah, in colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I look forward to that, definitely. Oh, and it's set in the Victorian period. Absolutely looking forward to that. Proper sort of 1950s... 
sort of summer blockbuster before those blockbusters were around kind of experience. I get the feeling you've got a slight dread in your stomach. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not. Um, I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking, can I go with this? I'm trying to think about the poster. I am trying to visualise. I'm thinking. I'm definitely I pushing think you're going to love it. I think I will do as well. I think you'll go in, going oh, and then be you'll be in quite pleasantly interested i'll be thinking well it's probably where things like independence day came from i'll probably see like narrative frameworks in there i think oh okay that's where that came from that's the influence it's definitely something i would not have independently on my own gone out and gone out to search and watch yeah it sounds like the sort of thing you'd watch on a sunday afternoon on bbc2 uh on a lazy sunday after your roast dinner and there ain't anything wrong with that go again eight there ain't anything wrong with that i don't know where that's come from it's I've just been introduced reviews. by vocabulary. It's got good reviews. Oh, has it? What's it getting? What's it? Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. 89%. Oh, there you go. I'm in. 89%. Once there you're you in the 80s, you, you, you're home. There you go. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It's got really good reviews. Oh, definitely um, check that out. It's well, an H.G. Wells novel, wasn't it? And then um, Orson Welles turned into a radio drama. Oh, and then we- it's this film here. And then you had um, David Essex. Oh, yes, doing like yeah. a, a musical version. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the Tom Cruise one, which I really thought was good with Spielberg. Yeah. Well, you ain't, you ain't watching that. Absolutely, no. You've had your Spielberg fun, Edwards. It's time to, uh, you know, start looking for other cinema food to cleanse your palate with. So when you think about War of the Worlds 1953 and watching it, what day... What day are you going to watch it? When do you go, okay, I'll watch that then? What day? I'm thinking um, maybe this afternoon. I'm already thinking in my head, I'm going to settle down, a big mug of coffee. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had one too many rice cakes yesterday when I watched Elvis. <laughs> you know, I've, I've OD'd on them. Yeah. So a nice mug of coffee, get it up on the old laptop. Yeah. And, um, and also you can go into a YouTube rabbit hole with these things as well. It's like, okay, you know. What, to, what were other reviewers thinking? Is there an interview with the director even back in the 50s? You know, there can be some old 16mm interviews with them on Kodak yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So you definitely go down rabbit holes with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'll stop. See, that's the internet laptop experience. I'll stop watching it at some point, do some YouTube research, and then go back and watch it. Oh, you know what I mean? That's not very good. No, that's not good, actually. Maybe I should slap myself in the wrist for that. That's focus. not a purist. Focus for an hour and a half. Absolutely. <laughs> You See if you can not be distracted. You definitely did that with the home documentary. Oh, home! I had to break that into chunks. I had to like, I had to think. Right, okay, it's an hour and whatever minutes, and I had to sort of just uh, think. Right, okay, just bite sizes. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Well, this is two hours fifty-one minutes. Two hours fifty-one minutes. No, no, really? No, I'm <laughs> I am up for a bit of sort of like. Uh, Alien invasion fun, but two hours and fifty minutes. That no. Elvis film I saw last night that was that was two hours and forty minutes. Way too long. Was it? It's it's hasn't done that well. I don't no, think when we were out in Munich, I don't think it done that well. She said it's not great. It, it's it? like a um, it's like a, a two hour and forty minute flashily edited movie trailer. Do you know what I mean? There's no real... Every now and then it takes a breath where you have like a normal dialogue sequence, you know, shot, reverse shot, two people interacting. And, you know, it's it's good doing that, but there's not much, much time for character development. And Tom Hanks doesn't feel like a real person. He's in a fat suit with a strange European accent. You can't quite get over that. Oh, yes, right. it's, and it's very odd. And who's the guy odd. that's playing Elvis? Yeah, it's uh, Butler.
is his surname. And is he an unknown? He he's pretty much an unknown. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was one of the um, cult members at the end that Brad Pitt um, fights off. Right. Um, but his surname's Butler. It's very annoying. I can't remember his first name. Uh, he's in June 2 as well. He's going to play one of the villains in June 2. So he's very much up and coming. He is good. I don't really think he's given enough space to really shine. And you don't, you rarely see Elvis as a normal, relatable figure. He's very much, I wouldn't go as far as saying two dimensional, but you're seeing very much a mythologized version of Elvis. There are moments where you feel a bit more of an emotional connection. And I think it's because he is a good performer. But so much of it is like fast cut MTV music video movie trailer editing. Yeah. And the plot's very weak. But it's very hard to construct a plot of Elvis because we all know the story, don't we? Yeah. Well, they managed it with Titanic. Well, I was literally about to say that. Hey. I guess with Titanic, you've got the element of you know the ship's going to sink. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen to Jack ship. and Rose, do you? Yeah. No. No. So it's like, yeah, you know what's going to happen to that boat at any point, which creates the anticipation. Yeah. But you don't know what, you know. Is what there a boat in Elvis that sinks? No, and that's the problem, I think. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. That is the issue. That was a missing component, I think, yeah. you know, because, you know, watching him sink and sing would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. What would he sing as he sunk? I'm trying, I'm stuck in a trap. Something that's like that, nice. you know. That's It's great. a watery trap. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Can you do an Elvis impression? Oh, you're taking all my money, Carl. I want it back. Wow. Man, Hanks has got like a bizarre kind of like um, Elvis. Yeah, I'm talking a drag. <laughs> I think he actually says that at one point. He actually quotes a lot of his lyrics, which I uh, think you do in reality. No, what? You put me in a trap, Carl. Oh, it's sort wow. of like, um, yeah, well, you signed the contract, Elvis. You knew what you were signing. I knew, knew what I was signing, nothing. Who's, I'm sat there eating what? rice cakes. Who's that? Uh, so the last bit, um, you, you don't know what I'm, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know I was signing my, my life away. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm not in Hollywood in pitch meetings. you got a suspicious mind, uh, Colonel. Oh, yes, it is stuff yeah. like that. That'd be, they would uh, grab, Baz Lerman would fact, grab that in a second. You can could, stay, grab a water bottle. We could end with loads of, uh, um, oh, a trap. And yeah. there's like things like um, the plot twist, not twists, but the kind of like hanging question marks of, oh, will this happen? Would be things like Elvis is doing a live TV show. He doesn't want to sing a Christmas song at the end, right. but Hank does. Hank does want him to. Elvis. Uh, as, sorry, go on. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, no, you go for it. And <laughs> no. it's like, is he going to sing the Christmas song or not? It's just like, it doesn't really matter. You know, I don't feel emotionally involved. So are we going to say Elvis? Elvis. We're in this prison. And it looks like there's a pebble on the ground. That's not a pebble, it's a Jill Hill's rock. Oh my yeah, freak. <laughs> Is that how the music video starts? Because it was the first music video, he does interact with someone. No, I'm just... Are you just going with it? <laughs> I thought that was an actual quote from the film, that was well written. I was like, alright, okay, that's a well-known line. Uh, come on, think that's of other that, ones. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, um, what else is there? Uh, um... Uh, yeah, that's the, the same song. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, God, I know the one song, clearly. What else is there? Um, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, rock. Yeah, uh, uh, is that him? I think it would be, something yeah. like that. It'd be, um, <laughs> we uh, what it? time should we meet for dinner, uh, Elvis? We uh, one o'clock, two o'clock, uh, three o'clock, rock. I'll make your um, mind up, Elvis. We're going to rock, rock, rock around yeah, the clock. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, I think. 
I'm only, I'm only improvising now. I'm doing what they say in America. I'm just chewing the fat. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, uh, he, no. does, he talks a lot about being stuck in a trap. He redoes that one all the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get the other songs on. I'm trying to think. It's, let's, it's call awesome. it let's call it a day. Definitely. Let's call it a day, definitely. Um, he gets hooked on drugs as well, which is quite depressing at the end. Okay. And uh, But yeah, let's I've call got, it a day. I've, like got, I've got to see the taxi man. Oh, absolutely. God, yeah, you've got a life to live. Right. Um, cheers, David. Yeah, lovely to um, see you, absolutely. And yeah. good, well done for getting the um, the film into the film festival, the Munich Film Festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, thank you for doing the, the reviews. And, and War of the Worlds. Yeah, and I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Take care, friend, and, yeah, wonderful stuff. Cheers, David. Look after yourself. Take care. Osman's musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, when you say Osman, what's that? Osman's musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? Uh, when we say Osman, what's that? Osman's musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? When we say Osman, what's that? Osman's musical. What? What Osman? What Osman? When we say Osman, what's that? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.